Good afternoon, and welcome back to the Spilling the Tea podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Perez, and this is your expert, Tina Paul. Um, <laughs> we're here enjoying some tea. Yes. Uh, I, I wanted to do an intro like an economy podcast today. Yeah. Uh, uh, this tea is uh, an Irish breakfast tea. It's the tea of business. Um, no, uh, uh, we decided to have uh, just a regular Irish breakfast tea today. It is from the Irish tea st- I mean, <laughs> it's from the English tea store. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name. It's a certain brand of Irish breakfast, but I've forgotten the name. But it's, it's pleasant. It's very pleasant. Yeah, it's, it's a very nice Irish breakfast tea. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as the podcast goes, I realize we don't explain it enough. Uh, this is a podcast about Tina's life. Um, I'm her son, so this is, it's for the enjoyment of everyone, but it's also for us to hang out every week, and, uh, stories for generations to come. Ah. So that the, yeah, because, you know, you do see, like, you see photographs of, of people, or you, 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 um, you know, certain little stories that are handed down, but you, I, I, you look and you go, but what were they like? Right. You know, or... or... Right. I mean, um, I, I apparently... My grandfather would have loved me, apparently. Um, my grandmother would have loved me, apparently. Yes. There's there's an uncle, a distant uncle that I look just like that is... Yes, that was amazing because we were at an Irish funeral. Yeah. It was my mother's funeral. And um, on the wall of the house... of. My cousin Anne Tierney, her, oh, all right, it was Uncle Jack, never mind, you don't need to know. Uncle Jack, it's a farm that Uncle Jack had, and Uncle Jack was my great uncle. Anyway, um, but in the farm, the farmhouse has been renovated, it's beautiful, and on the wall were all these photographs from the past, and there was one that looked so like you, it yeah. was eerie. Yeah, it was. It was like spitting image. And I can't. They said which Irish relative it was, but I don't remember which yeah. one. But it could be. Um, okay. Part. Of, I mean, let me go back. Part of the reason why today I picked the Irish breakfast tea is because. Um, the Irish, all immigrants are courageous who came over on the boats, you know, and stuff like that. I, but I thought we could talk about the Irish side and their courage and resiliency and relate it to you. Oh, because wow. you had, oh, this past weekend, you dove into doing your first stand-up at a comedy club. I, and you did great, but it's the most terrifying thing. Talk about it's just you and your material, and with comedy, it is. It's not like a scene that builds up. You know, when you when you're acting out a scene or whatever, it is second by second, line by line, whether the audience is with you or not. You can have them, and then boom. They're gone, you know, depending on how you um, 
organize what you're going to say, read through it. I give you so much credit. That was, that was, besides all the other courageous things you've done in your life. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I wasn't going to bring it up on, on the podcast itself, but I, I appreciate that. It was, it was fun. I'm going to be doing it more often. And so. it's adventure. Yeah. You know, you're, you're really open to always trying everything, new things. It's like when you opened your business, well, Smash Tastrophe, the yeah. rage room, you were 25, 26 years old? Uh, I was 27. I was 27. That was like three years ago. I was maybe 26. Okay. It's still, young. It's... it's young to open your whole business. And you worked, talk about, you worked like 36 hours a day on it. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. and that was so, you were so dedicated and that took courage. That took courage. Well, thank you. So there's there's a lot I admire you. <laughs> I admire in you. Well, there's a lot I admire in you. I mean, all all the things that have taken so much courage from you. I mean, just dancing in general. Uh, on top of like choosing to dance choosing to go it. to run away from home, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then to France, and then I know I had when I did when I moved. I had seventy dollars. My suitcase. I did have a return plane ticket, but I had seventy dollars from working in the in the. Uh, <laughs> this is the reason why I did that disco dancing in the window in the combat zone in Boston, which yeah. I don't think we've talked about here. We've talked a little bit about it. Anyway, we. Part of the reason why I worked there. That summer, um, in my graduation, this is yes, we did talk about it a little bit. I didn't give details no. of what it was what it was like, but um, no, the reason why I worked there is because I knew I was leaving for Europe. We would, it was with the school, Boston Conservatory, and we were doing, um, we were at a, uh, oh, what do you call it? It was in Lisbon, Portugal. Um, not a crafts, uh, an arts festival type oh, thing, a dance oh, festival. Sure. And um, if I worked at a normal place, then I would have to wait for a check to clear or if it was a thing where you get paid once every two weeks instead of once a week. But still, I wanted the cash. Right. And that's why... I did, because I was paid in cash every night, um, my 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to live off that, but I was able to save up $70. And that's the way I went to Europe. Ooh, come hell high water. Let's do it. <laughs> no, so going back to the Irish, your, there is... The story of your great great grandfather, Cornelius Connolly. Ah. And he was born in 1845 in Ireland. Right. He was one of 11 children. On on the Irish side, well, on any side, you know, things go back and back and back, otherwise you wouldn't be here. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, there, but you have to be able to trace further. We know much more 
because of your cousin Tim Tierney, um, who is like the historian of the Irish side. Yeah, he's gotten fully into. Um, he set up a Facebook page, written as if Cornelius Connolly had lived was writing it was writing it he puts it in first person i was born this is my daughter this and that and difference is is on i don't know when it changed connelly for cornelius and before was c-o-n-n-o-l-l-y but we are, it probably got changed when, you know, in the record books and yeah. stuff like that. We come from uh, the spelling C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Okay. So really and there were different the... spellings, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a common Irish name. Anyway, he, uh, he was born one of 11 children. And he was, at the time he was born in 1845, in County Cork, um, the potato fam- famine was starting. Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't have any money. I mean, everyone was, oh, was, no, was... scrambling. I did read on this Facebook page that um, there's rumors that his father... I guess his name was Dennis, which is your grandfather. I mean, there's so many Dennis, you know, yeah. the names come down. Stole money from, of course, it was run by England then, Ireland. It was under English rule and stole salmon from the king's coffer, that oh. type of thing. And that actually helped feed the family and, well, you know, survive, I mean, pure survival. you're stealing the king's salmon, you're eating like a king. <laughs> well, you can get killed for that. Well, absolutely. That's the thing. As you one know. should. Um, I mean, you can, you know, it's even like in the way, it, in the film Braveheart, which was Scotland, that's right. the same way that Ireland was ruled by the English, you know. And yeah. So, boy, I mean, you could get killed for, you know, blinking your eyes in the wrong way, you know, or sent to prison. Anyway, so in tw- when he was 20, yeah. in 1865, he came over. When we were in Ireland, we saw the, do- the, the port. Remember the port with the statue? Yeah. Um, I forgot the name of the port. Um, oh, we were in many places in Ireland. I know. And it's, it is, we went to the exact port where he got on the ship. And yes. these were, you know, the immigrant ships where... I know we went to Waterford because they make the for the crystal. We did? Yeah, we saw the whole crystal <laughs> <laughs> museum of, of where they make the Waterford crystal. Oh, right, 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 right. We went to so many different places. I there. love the historical ones, you know, about... The uprisings and you yeah. know, in the prison. Did we go to Cork? We didn't go to Cork. We stayed in Cork overnight. We stayed in Cork overnight. That's when we went to that disco until late. That's right. <laughs> I w- I was in Ireland twice, so I it's yes, we, we yes. That's right. Yes, that I don't was a think fun... 
I don't think I went to the Waterford. You traveled through. No, you're the one who wanted to go to the Waterford Crystal Museum. I wouldn't go to the Waterford Crystal Isn't the Crystal Waterford Museum. further north? It's down south. It's... We I must have still had disco brain from the night straight before. Straight down to Waterford, and then we went over. Oh, to... well, I remember now. I remember now. Then we went over. Yes. <laughs> right, and then we went back to Dublin. You have to go back to Dublin because right, that's for the how you fly out. But what a what a fun time that was. Anyway, <laughs> so the um, he came over, and. Um, Settled in North Brookfield, which is about 30 miles outside of Worcester. And the thing about North Brookfield is that the lands, even if you go now, it's very interesting. Though not as green as Ireland, the farms were kind of set up in the same way of the stone walls and the soil was similar yeah. you know so it was for all of these farming communities you know it was easier to to set up now sure. there is a rumor no that's later oh um okay so he comes over gets married and they have 11 children <laughs> one of which is your grandfather Dennis my great grandfather Dennis. Your great, your great. Yeah, oh, right. So Cornelius you, is your great great grandfather. Yes. Yes. Yes, because he's he would be. Because your dad's my grandfather. It would be my. Mom's dad. Mom, my mother's father. So my grandfather. Dennis. Dennis and your great great. Um, and, they um. Okay, there was, he married Mary Lucy. Yeah, I'm not going to give this whole, it, I have pages and pages of family tree. We'll upload documents if anyone wants to see the family tree. Or go to go to Cornelius Conley on Facebook. Yeah. Anyone can go in and you can kind of read it. But what's interesting when I talk about courage and adventure is in like 1898, Cornelius... Two of his brothers who had come over and his son Jack, who was Uncle Jack who had the farm, they went digging for gold in the Yukon Territory. They went to the Yukon. They went to the Yukon. And there are some letters that he wrote and stuff like Uh that. But we're talking... That old-fashioned, with the backpack and the pick. Yeah, the prospectors. Going through the snow and the ice. I mean, freezing, freezing cold. Panning for gold, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think that worked out. Did, did it not work out, did <laughs> I don't know if they got a little bit of But they didn't get rich, let me put it that way. But none of them died, which happened to a lot of people. You know, they froze to death. Um. <laughs> So, but they never got like held up by a, a posse of cowmen, right when right when they were panning for gold. No, but that's more California. That's all the Yukon. Oh, that's the whole. Oh, that's the entire territory. Oh. I play video games. <laughs> <laughs> you learn. You never know where you're gonna learn some facts. Oh, 
But this was like Alaska. I mean, like... Alaska? The Yukon is way part of Canada. I mean... Isn't it? It's not that far up, is it? It's, yes. Where's the Yukon? Do I not know the Yukon? I don't know the, the Yukon. The Yukon isn't California. No, but isn't it like Oregon and... and I think it's... Fur- no, it's area? further Hang north. On. I'm the not photos. even waiting for this one. You're talking climbing snow mountains and this and that. I mean, the Yukon Territory, I think that's way north. Oh, Canada. it is. It is way northern Canada. It's next to Alaska. No, yeah. that's that's in the video game. That's where the game starts out because you're hiding out there because no, it's too cold for anyone to want to be there. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. No, that makes I a mean, lot more sense. You, you, dangerous. Yeah. So you're talking, it. You know, if you're going to seek the gold, maybe maybe California was kind of panned out by then. Maybe you know, with the gold rush, so they went to the Yukon. Or maybe they were like, it. It goes anywhere. It'll be the entire strip. That's well. That's. Could be. I don't know. The <laughs> but I I find that absolutely Oh, adventurous for sure. In 1898 to decide to do that. Yeah, I mean that is that's the time to do it. Well it's late. 1898. It's a little late, isn't it? No. Yeah. But you have to I mean, it's not like they had the down parkas and anoraxal. Oh, no, I don't mean that. I mean, as far as panning for gold. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's the time yes. to do it. No, it, there was this, I mean, and it was a, you know, you, a country of immigrants, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, people were here before, you know, but how can I make the money? What right. is What is, you know, that whole thing of... Adventure, yeah, and, adventure, and new land, that. opportunity. Yeah, and for gold in the West. So in the Yukon. So I, I've never. My grandparents must be died before. I wish I'd met them. Now here's the rumor. Rumor is um, that they might have. They had a farm. Okay. My mother was brought up on a farm. She had her own horse. That would, she would ride the horse to school. She was their only daughter. She'd ride the horse to school. The horse would go home by himself. Oh. And when school was done, the horse knew he would be waiting. Oh, that's outside. amazing. Isn't that? That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a fairy tale. Yeah. And they, um, with the farm, what they would do is they were very, very generous with helping people. Mm-hmm. so that uh, new immigrants, if they needed a place to stay, if they needed food, when it got into um, the Depression, my mother would have been 20 years old, um, they opened their doors to all of these hungry people wow. and everything. They really... they. It, I mean, it's not that they had a lot, but they being on a farm. Yeah. You know, you in when the crops are there, you do have food, you have some livestock. True. And if it's winter, you've put away stuff for the winter, you know, and and that type of thing. So I wish I wish I'd met them. Mm. But anyway, so they. My mother was an only child. Cornelius with having. 11 kids, <coughs> two. <coughs> 11? 
11 No wonder he went panning for gold. He needed a food. <laughs> he needed money. He needed so that's why I'm wondering whether one of... It wouldn't be Uncle Jack, but either one of Cornelius's brothers or one of his sons that I didn't know or maybe have passed away. I wonder if that's one of the people that you look exactly like. Sure. You know, that would make sense to uh, me. must look like one of the brothers. One of his brothers. Cornelius's Yeah, brothers. one of the 11. Well, he came from 11 and then he had 11. Well... <laughs> <laughs> So, I think it probably is one of his brothers from the eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Anyway, so um, so so um, what what I was thinking as far as the Irish, and we touched on it a little bit, was talking about the going to Ireland, but then more about your international travels of going to Russia. And China. China. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about your international travels? No, I don't need. To, I'm not the topic of this of the podcast. I can, but, but let I'm me not. Say, let me just say that I. It. I'm not going to bring up this. There was a circumstance, of your work that it's like. You 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 need a big change in yeah. your life. My thing, though, was that, and you know this, I believe that in order to really understand the world and to have empathy for people worldwide, you can't just sit in your bubble at home, in your own town, and with your own friends, which is great. I mean, yeah, but, but. you've got to travel. It's It makes... it. You've got to travel and experience other people in their culture. Yeah, not just to a resort. Exactly. And that you are the stranger wanting to learn about them. I think that it it broadens your outlook. It, 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 it broadens your intelligence. It broadens every palette of your body, whether it, it's... No, arts and spirituality and... And the cuisines. And cuisines and um, just, yeah, most, mostly the culture and, and meeting people and... So I sent you a pack and literally... Yeah. With a backpack. And see, this is what makes me laugh. People will say... Again, they don't want to get they don't want to get out of their bubble. People will say to me, "Oh, I can't go to Europe. I can't afford it." And I look and I go, "The cost of a flight to Florida is the exact same as a flight to many countries in Europe. Just and you're paying through the nose for your motels and everything in Florida. You can." You you don't have to stay at the Jorsac in Paris. No, but there's inns, there's small little much. A trip to Disney World for a family is will cost you two weeks at Disney World. It's going to cost you ten k way more at least than a, a whole trip to Europe. Yeah, you know, um, so I don't buy that argument at all. I think it's people just not wanting to get out of their comfort zone. 
Absolutely. You know? And that's, I find that a shame. And, and there is a big fear of going to a country where they don't speak English first. Um, the, like France, especially in Paris, <clears throat> they were absolutely rude to me uh, because I didn't, I, the French that I knew was like, I, I don't speak French, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, there, there are some countries that aren't cool about it. There are some countries that love when they get to practice English. That's exactly, you know, but that's what I found in Paris, though, too. Yes, I mean, they have the reputation of being colder. Um, and some, yeah, sometimes, you know, they can be a little off-putting. But I've I met many people in Paris that were delightful. I was choosing not to jaywalk in Marseille, and and two <laughs> girls crossed the street and called me a pussy. <laughs> well, at least it sounds prettier. It does sound like, prettier. You pussy. It does sound prettier. <laughs> but it was like pussy. <laughs> yeah, but you have to so, remember though too that you're a handsome lad, and they could be they were looking, you know taking a look at you, too. I, I don't yeah. think that's the case from back then. I, I think <laughs> I think I didn't jaywalk, and I think I was a pussy. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough with uh, being in Roland Petit's ballet company in Marseille. We did a lot of touring. So I really... I've been in most European countries or through, I mean, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, oh, Italy. Um, <laughs> it's such, I almost died in Italy. You almost died in Italy? Yeah. How? Seriously. Como? <laughs> <laughs> we, there was a little, there's a little seaside town, I think. It's on, I mean, seaside, it's on the coast, the Mediterranean, called Nervi, N-E-R-V-I. And we were at an arts festival there. It, it was, um, the town had along the, it wasn't beach, like in Cannes, you know, that, that, it's flat beach. Sure. It was really like rocky cliffs. Okay. Ty- or, or rock, rocky stuff. Heading down to kind of like a pe- pebbly area. Little peb- rocky. But more rocky. But, <laughs> it's ro- rocky. Okay, rocky. We got rocks. It, it's it. rocky. Not a, it's not a you lie down on the beach No, it's place. it's like you can walk along the rocks. Yes, and there was, there, there was like some, a walkway high up. But it's kind of there clean. was a walkway, and it was a port, so there were boats. I'm almost pi- picturing like the marginal way. Kind of like that, kind of like that. But the town was right there, so the walkway, the not as, I mean, more sheer, straight sheer, sheer down, straight down, and then rocky water. Water comes in. <laughs> Water does come in. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Off. I, I, yeah, I, cliffside beach down. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to call it. I, there was about a football field. Football field is. 
a soccer field in Italy. Hundred yards. <laughs> How many meters? Meters. Uh, All right, like I'd say thirty something. Fifty to a hundred yards. It's a a swim. A yeah. swim. Offshore was this big rock coming out of the ocean. And it was a beautiful day, and a couple of us swam out, and we laid on the rocks like mermaids. I mean, we spent, you know, the whole day. It was gorgeous. That sounds amazing. It was, it was, it was lovely. Then dive in, swim back, yeah. you know, go take ballet class, get ready for the show, for the, you know, performance and stuff like that. But it was, it was, it's like those pictures you see of mermaids on a rock out in the ocean, yeah. that type of thing. Well, what happened is the next, the day we were leaving, we were there three or four days. Oh, and we, oh, it's like, it's like we would go out after the ballet and it would be three o'clock in the morning. We'd be walking back to our little little pensions, little hotels, and that's when the bakeries would oh. be baking for the morning. Yeah. And I mean, we were you know these really lovely ballerinas and stuff, <laughs> and the you know the aroma of this freshly baking bread. And so we we knocked on the door of the, of the boulangerie. Yeah. And it's like, do you have anything? <laughs> and he let us in, you know. And, I mean, it wasn't open, but he let us in. And he, so every night we'd go. It was like two, three o'clock in the morning. It was, it was fun. Anyway, okay, <laughs> back to almost dying. It was the morning we were leaving. We had to get back on the train like around noon. And I went, oh, you know, it was a stormy type of day, and. The waves were enormous. Okay. Enor- I mean, where normally there were boats in the harbor, there were they were either like tied up or it was big waves. So no way gonna go swimming. But I thought, oh, I just want to go look. It's so beautiful. I'm just gonna stand on the rocks yeah, on the shore. Yeah, stand on the rocks. See it one more time. And so I'm in my clothes. It's you know with shoes on everything. I'm standing on the shore, and this rogue wave comes in completely over my head, grabs me, and pulls me out. I script, I could do it, was a rogue, huge wave that crashed over me, and the suction. So, it was tearing me along the rocks yeah. and everything. Oh, jeez. And it pulled me out that I went, oh, my God. I looked, and it had pulled me pretty far out. And I looked at the shore, and these waves were crashing against the rocks. And I went, I, how am I going to get back in? Right. So I turned around and looked at the sunbathing rock. Yeah. And where it was about... Oh, a solid, like, 20 feet high. When, oh, wow, when, okay. I mean, it was a big... There was maybe four feet showing oh, of no. the top. That's what... I mean, it That's was... high waters. It was... And I went, I've got to get my bearings. So I swam out. 
yeah. to the rock. And when the, when the water, when a wave would swell up, I'd try to grab what I could see, yeah. but then it would pull me back down if I, you know, because I couldn't get a handhold. And I finally, finally, just, I mean, I was bleeding yeah. like crazy. Finally, one wave got me up enough that I was able to get onto the top of the rock where the waves, you know, on this like four feet part where the waves couldn't get me. And I looked, I looked toward the town and there were people, you know, walking along and I was waving my arms. It's like, I, I need, I need help. You know, this is, but waving my arms, no boats are, you know, are around and they, the people started waving back like, hello. Oh no. And I was, it, it was, you know, I was yelling, but nobody could hear me. I mean, it was, you know, it was far away in, in the wind and the waves and everything. And I went, okay, I either live or die. Right, right. But I, if I'm gonna die, I gotta try. I'm gonna die trying, and what better way than in the ocean? I mean, I, I, I mean, am. Yeah. That's my my thing is, but I'll die trying. So, <laughs> literally, I went. I have to swim back to shore, and I looked at where it 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 seemed like the Easier. waves a little bit a little bit or it was more more. Um, a little bit flatter and not like, getting bashed into a cliff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, again, I tried waving again and I went, this is it. This is it. And I literally, <laughs> I, you know, taking the breaths and right before I jumped back in, I went, I yelled, Geronimo! <laughs> like, and you, Either yeah. help me or right. don't. Angels or whatever. Geronimo, I'm going to make, you know. Yeah. I need. So I swam in, swam in, and I made it that a wave. I was a really good body surfer, too. Thank God. Sure. So I knew how to, like. Use the waves. So I, I, I went, this one is not going to crash in my head. I can ride this one. And I rode it in, and I mean, the front of my body, uh, you know, it scraped me Ugh. along the rocks, and I grabbed on yeah, but... as the wave receded. Yeah. And I scrambled, and I mean, it was, I had rocks embedded in my skin. Oh, jeez. And uh, that's the, the, the power yeah. of it. It wasn't just this, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even rocks in the scrapes. Where I didn't have scrapes, I actually had rocks embedded in. oh, into Jesus. me. So I'm, I, I, I crawled up um, to a safer area, and there was a, <laughs> I mean, this is, it's kind of adorable. There was a woman with her child about four years old, just, they were walking a little bit high in the rocks, and uh, they just looked at me. And I said, help me. Yeah. And they had this little pack of 
band-aids. <laughs> and the little kid and the mother started opening little band-aid strips. You know, like you like you put over your nose. They started putting these band-aids all over, you know, on the cuts and everything. <laughs> and I it was hospital. It was so adorable. <laughs> I just started laughing, but dabbing, and I realized that I had all these scrapes. I didn't have a gash. Right. So I, I knew, actually, with the little band-aids and stuff, I went, I don't need a hospital. I don't need stitches. Yeah. I just look like... You're just battered and scraped I lo- to shit. I look like, and... you know, I, I, my, I ran my body over a cheese grater, you know, like <sighs> nothing, nothing. So... Uh, you got ocean road rash. I, um... Yeah, yeah. So I said, thank you so much. You know, merci beaucoup. <laughs> you know, but they were so sweet. I get myself up. No, I'm in soaking clothes. clothes right. you know. Shoes. And I lost my shoes. I didn't oh, have my shoes anymore. That's probably for the best. It's hard to swim with the shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get up. And, you know... It was, it was even some people from the ballet company just looking, waving. Uh, and I said, in French, why didn't you help me? And they were like, why, you silly American, why do you go swimming on a day like today? And it's, I didn't. Right. I was pulled up. They, they, chastising <laughs> me, <laughs> thinking that I'm going to go swim. And I said, I, so I explained, and then I said, why didn't you send a boat? No boats would come near. They would have crashed onto this mm. sunbathing rock, you know. So anyway, that was my oh, harrowing. Harrowing. I almost died, but you know what? It kind of made me go seriously. If it's my time, it's my time. If it's not, it's not. But also, that's. I think it shows someone would. Someone would have died in that. You had a level head to be able to. Go out yeah, to I the rock good. to be able to uh, time waves to not let panic and fear overcome when you saw that there was nobody coming to help. That is true. I'm I'm very I'm good in a crisis. I keep a clear head and my I am I get the fight instinct, not the flight. Right. You know. Um, and if it is flight, it isn't running out of t- it's think fast. What's the best? What's the best thing to do? Get out of here! Escape. You know, yeah. exactly, exactly. So that's that. That's my Italy story. That's quite an Italy story. Um. Yeah. Okay. So traveled most of Europe. The most, oh, and just, and I mean, I had traveled most of the United States, but throughout my career, been to Mexico. Would you get to see much, or does it depend on the the nights, or like when when you're traveling yeah. and and doing shows? No, I did a lot of sightseeing. Okay, we would have because we weren't because the ballets were already set. It's not like we had to we as in the court of ballet, or as you know, even when I was a soloist, we didn't have to rehearse a lot during the day we would every morning was the company ballet class 
keep you or keep even you warm, sometimes keep you fresh. not that sometimes it was just getting to the company ballet class at five in the afternoon and then doing the ballet and then um and you have to remember too that a ballet company is different from a Broadway show. Broadway show, it's eight shows a week. A ballet company, when you're touring, you will get the day off, you know, sure. and, uh, and because it's too taxing on the principal dancers, sure. you know, to, to bash it out every night. So, no, I got to do a lot of sightseeing. Um, and that, that was fabulous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what can I say, you know, with all these, with all these different companies, I mean, uh, countries and cities. Um, so the two that made me, the two places that made me appreciate living in the United States is going to Russia, height of the Cold War. We mentioned this before. It, it was 1974. And this is, okay, we left Finland, and we were on a bus. And we stopped in St. Petersburg, which was Leningrad. It yeah. used to be St. Petersburg, it's now Leningrad. Because we were going to be, well, I whistled. We were <laughs> going to be performing there. And the first thing, we stopped at the, uh, because we had to get on the train, Yes, okay. The Trans-Siberian? I miss, I miss, we did not perform in Leningrad. Did we? I, who cares? It, I'm thinking, I did see, I have pictures of a lot of buildings in Leningrad, so we, we most likely did a performance. Anyway, we stopped at a train station so that we could, we could all use the bathrooms. We go in, and that's when... It's a hole in the floor. Now, we're talking a train station, you know, for the whole, for the, and I went. Like an actual hole in the floor? Did they have little foot pads and things like that at least? Cause... No. An actual, these actual holes in the floor, you, you squat. Because I've seen squat toilets in, in some countries, but in those places, there's No, like it's a... just cement around. Oh. Just just cement, cement and, and, just and, like a hole. and the hole and cement. the hole I mean it was I didn't know where it led it was a pipe it must it the waste went it wasn't like standing over a latrine no but it's it's probably into like a big pit and yeah, that gets emptied something. out by someone and it was the first time toilet paper I went sandpaper this is oh, this yeah. is sandpaper but this was 1974 and it's like no toilets there's no toilets, <laughs> and this is in in the metropolis. Right. So what is right? What's it like out in the country? You know. So, one thing I, all right. So that was like the first. Wow. Um, one thing I noticed that uh, we took the train to Moscow because and stuff like that. Um, even went to Lenin's Lenin's tomb, but. I'm not. I'm not going to do a tourist thing here. What I found absolutely bonkers is 
the propaganda against the West, especially the United States, was all over the place. And we were depicted, I was, my, my jaw would drop. All Americans were depicted dressed in cowboy clothes <laughs> with, like, the lassos and the gun-toting up in the air. We are all... Yankee American cowboys. And wild. I mean, that we're dangerous. That, you know, ugly American... And the ugliness, um, the propaganda. But the people were not... The only... Um, oh, the only input they had was national TV. Right. They yes. weren't exposed. They had That's exposure. different now. They, they have much more input nowadays. Well, internet. That's true. They do at least have... I mean, they still have only the Russian TV, you know. I mean, when they, they you know, close down free press yes. as much as they, they can. They kill journalists but, and But they all still that. have but the internet. That's true. Back then, no. So, interesting, though, is... We, um, because we were a ballet company, we got to meet the common people. Oh. You know, normally it's like you're in the hotel that they assign for outsiders. There is the matron on each floor checking you out checking who comes in who's who goes out it with working with the dressers and the the crew and things like that the heart of the people they knew that they were living in horrible circumstances right because they could also tourists were allowed in and they could see we're dressed differently. The money was copecks. And they can see the food that they're getting, and they can they see could, the... Exactly. And different shops. Like, um, we were allowed to buy, oh, like, the Russian scarves that are, you know, like the black and the red, the floral-type Russian scarves that you see in... Yeah. Russian, I, typical yeah. Russian um, articles of clothing and stuff like that. We as outsiders could buy them. The people who lived there were not allowed. Well, it's communist. They could only... It was... So they were controlled in every every sense of the word. And I'll never forget this one dresser. She was an older woman. She took... No, and she knew that I was American as opposed to, to um, French. She grabbed my hand and whispered. She learned enough English to say this. Dream for me. Because I don't even dare to dream. Shit. Ah. Oh my God. Well, the other thing too is they need, you needed a, they, they needed a visa yeah. to go even within certain parts of the city. There was no free movement. There were, uh, there was... One time, a few of us were walking down the street and we were like getting lost. 
and we stop someone to say, where is such and such? And I saw the person's eyes starting to dart around. And then, and he answered real quickly, but then he went away. Yeah. And what I found out later is the KGB is everywhere. If anyone on the street stopped and talked to someone for more than 15 seconds, mm -hmm. you're arrested. Seriously. Under suspicion of being in cahoots with... Co-conspirators with, with anti-KGB. Exactly. So these people are living in fear. An inability to communicate with each other. Oh, there was... All right, there are two dancers with the Kirov Ballet that we went out to dinner after... And it was it was a setup for them. In they really this is I mean they they talked to here's the deal the French members of the ballet company uh, had to be very careful because Cuba was open, Russia was open, and they couldn't do anything to mess up that political balance. Sure, sure. Well. Two Americans, a Canadian. <laughs> we got to know some of the dancers in the Kirov, which is the second biggest um, ballet company. There's the Bolshoi in the Kirov. Okay. And there was... Oh, so sad. There was a young lady and a, a man in the company, a young man... He was part Jewish. They wanted to get married. They were not allowed. They were told Seriously. they could not see each other. No contact between them. Wow. So we set up a dinner that he was, because there were some American guys, too, in the Shh. company. He was going to go to dinner with the, with the guys. The girl came to dinner with us. They sat in different parts of the restaurant, but so that they could see each other. So they could at least see each other. I'm starting to cry. Yeah. I, to, to have two people so in love and knowing that they can't communicate in any way except these glances across the room. That's painful. Oh, now there was another man that we met who he had just been released from like 20 years in a gulag in the in oh, Siberia. Wow. I mean, he survived prison camp. Um, he was an artist. Yeah. He, you know, right. he wasn't a subversive or, or whatever, but just sent away. And again, it no, was... artists capture human <coughs> emotion and ideas, so... Well, I know. That's the thing. Can't and, have that. You know, he had to be so careful. He... After suffering the 20 years, it, he was like, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead inside. Oh, yeah. Because I do one thing. I can't express myself in any way or I'm sent back. Right. You know, the, just taken off the street. Just taken. So that was... The other thing I found about the communist Russian is the lines of people to get food. I oh, mean, yeah, the bread lines. The... Oh, and it was so 
bizarre because there were these gorgeous buildings. Mm -hmm. And the insides are gutted. They're like food stalls or clothing stalls. It's like, it's like if you looked at Versailles, the outside of Versailles, and you go in and it's just open stalls. I was going to say TJ Maxx, but that no, TJ Maxx is, is clean, you know, yeah. just it, it, or food and the lines and lines of people. The other thing that kind of blew my mind too is that these gorgeous cathedrals, you know, the Greek, um, the Russian Orthodox churches were still there, but religion is the opiate of the people. Right. But you still see the buildings. You see the museum. A lot of them are museums and stuff like that now, but it's like... So relics of... How does that compute? You see this beauty compared to what our lives are. Right. So... The and knowing that there had to be something in the past. Yeah. And the, so how much does propaganda work to kill the spirit of people? Only by, only by fear and punishment. And, but the, the black market was alive and well. I even, I, I, it made me laugh. I had jeans on. You know, I, I didn't have a ton of clothes just with traveling. But I had jeans are very versatile. Jeans. <laughs> jeans. Bell, bell bottom jeans. You know, because it's <laughs> this podcast brought to you by jeans. I'm walking down the street with my friends, and this Russian guy comes up and he goes, I buy your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, What? <laughs> you know, he wanted to trade me his pants for my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Would what was the fit? Was he? Uh, uh, but he was so desperate because he. I mean, he he could either have them or he could sell them on the black market for a lot of money. Oh, and they had no money. So I said, well, "How are we going to do this? You know, how yeah. do we do this?" And he goes, "We go in the alley. Go in the alley." <laughs> And trade. Trade like pants. Me in the middle of Moscow taking my pants off <laughs> in this alley. And I'm I'm like, I can't do that. I can't go you know, the KGB is all around. I can't go in wearing jeans and then reemerge in, in man pants. In, in man, man Russian trousers. Pants. <laughs> yeah, rough spun. But I did I I risked I was stupid because I said I have another pair. Oh. Meet me. <laughs> I'm not taking my pants off, but I will I will, you know. So I'm oh, I was scared to death. You know, I went back to the hotel, I put my other pair of jeans under my coat. Oh my god. Go into the alley and I you know, he I I was like we're not doing a trade. I'm just giving him the pants. <laughs> if he wants them, that you know, he doesn't have to give anything back. And if that's that's very nice. So I I gave him the jeans. I was sweating. I mean, it was and this is dead of winter. I, but desperate people, you know, it, and it. We also we all got very very sick. The uh, 
we all got a parasite that we were shitting our brains out mm. 20 times a day. And we, I mean, literally, thank God, we did have toilets in our hotel room. That's something. There was one toilet. There were holes in the floor and one toilet in the theater. And we would... <laughs> get off stage and like vie for the toilet you know get <laughs> so out of my way to to the uh, never get there was one night there was there was Mandy and Bruce I, anyhow Mandy and Bruce I forgot two other Americans <laughs> we had just eaten at a restaurant and it was like uh oh <laughs> running back to the hotel <laughs> one trying to get ahead of the other because there were like five or six of us that you know, worse than bridesmaids. Oh, that's yeah. Running. Yeah. Got to get to the toilet. Got to get to the toilet. <laughs> and, and running up the stairs, of course, there's the matron, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the hall wondering why we're all running into our rooms, you know, and all this. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and <laughs> literally, in the, in one's in the bathroom, other people pounding on the door, let me in. I went, fuck it. I jumped up on the sink. I shat my brains out in oh, the sink Lord, because that is a bridesmaid. It is. It that's, is. But when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. And, I mean, we're laughing, howling <laughs> at the same time. Of course. Because you know, it's like, what do you what do? do? We do? Everyone's what do we do? going through you know? it. Um, but the Russian government would not acknowledge that this there was anything wrong, and uh, they gave us aspirin. Oh, that's very useful. That, yeah, no, there is nothing, that, nothing wrong. No emodium. We, we don't. Or... We don't. No, we don't no. have sickness. We, oh, they don't have sickness. They don't have. They don't have sickness. It's, sickness. it's like, it's like in nineteen seventeen, um, with the Russian Revolution, when there was the huge thing of, of the outbreaks of typhus. No, there no. is no typhus in Russia. Uh, do you know what I mean? No you just—it's pure denial. Yeah, pestilence chooses which um, which countries it likes and doesn't like. Plague. But at least people during the plague, yeah, people knew that there's a sickness going on. Yeah, you know, when they yeah. start bleeding, people are putting the bees on or whatever. This to be in a country no, that, that, that completely... is so closed down and so manipulated that they can just say nope, it doesn't exist. That's it doesn't incredible. exist. It really, it was, um, uh, but I have to say too, you know, the people there, when you get to the people, not the politicians, right? the people were fabulous. Oh no, people everywhere and are amazing. that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, people that buy into the lies that are very obviously put out by governments... But that's are not amazing. No, and that's greed too, and stuff like that. And and stupidity. Yeah. Or 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 just never hearing another version and just being raised. With, well, that's the thing, you know. Because propaganda has to work, or else it wouldn't exist. But the souls, even then, they know there's something wrong. I found that in yeah. these communist countries, the souls of unless they were like. Um, Fanatic, fan, oh, so you know, it, politically see, that's fanatic. Where I'm, I'm connecting it to today of, yeah. of Trumpists yeah. and yeah. and white supremacists and just the whole lot of of 
the the rabid did you, fan right, base. I know this doesn't this doesn't have to do with the past, but do you know what Pompeo said this morning? He was the Secretary of State. Yeah. For and he's the one who set up the destruction of the ambassador to the the woman. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Yeah, Yovanovitch, the one who who testified at the um, first impeachment. He set up, helped set up the whole thing of destroying her reputation, getting her fired. She right. was on to all the bribery going on it, with the oligarchs in Ukraine, and so they wanted her out. This right. is Giuliani right. wanted her right. out, all of this. <sighs> anyway, quick, quick. Pompeo this morning, all right, I hear it on the news. He probably wants to, he's thinking of running for president at some point. He's a fucking bastard. I, I hate him. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he said that the biggest, he was asked, who, what is the biggest threat to the United States? You know what he said? Joe Biden. The secretary, I mean, excuse me, I've forgotten her name, the leader of the Teachers Union. What? <laughs> the national leader of the Teachers Union because of what she may be allowing our children to learn. This is this is this is the world. This the, these fucking people. Anyway, are we done? Yeah, we're done. That was that was an hour. Okay. So we're So we'll do China another time. Yeah, I need to go to the bathroom pretty bad. Go in the sink. I'm gonna no, go. We're gonna fight for the bathroom. We're gonna fight for the toilet. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go in a hole. Here we go. Clink, Shh. clink. Thanks, Gabe. I have a little left this time. Thank you, mom. Ah. <laughs>